At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Sharp Money presented by DraftKings here on VSIN, the sports betting network. We welcome you back a Wednesday, just. Inching towards Championship Sunday, Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson, they are going to flank the man, the myth, the legend, Mike Palm, Circa, the D, Golden Gate, VP of Ops, of course, VEASAN host, at Mike Palm Circa on Twitter. Just quickly, Mike, uh, Vic Fangio has been let go as DC there with the Miami Dolphins. I think that may come as a bit of a surprise. I wanted to get the breaking news in there, but we start with this. How are we feeling this Wednesday, Mike? I don't understand why Fangio takes the rap here. I mean, they were their, their linebacking core was decimated. I think McDaniel needs to take a look in the mirror at his play calling in Kansas City. I get it. A tropical team, a Polynesian quarterback, it's negative six. But before the half, they ran six consecutive plays. They got first down, first down, and they had third and four. And he decides to spend Mozart sprinting out to the right, parallel to the line of scrimmage, an impossible pass to catch. A pass to it does not throw well anyhow on a lateral line. And then they end up fourth down. They go for it. It's an incomplete pass. He could have run the ball, had the last possession of the half, had a field goal attempt and still been in that game. But but I digress. No, you. it's not a digression. <laughs> I, I agree with you because Pancho being out, I was telling Dustin, I think this might be an old school football guy getting tired of the McDaniel shtick. And I think that McDaniel Stick has a shelf life. And like you said, he didn't show up in Kansas City. And the cutesy, hey, man, Bill and Ted, excellent adventure vibes that McDaniel gives off, that might be good for a pocket. But I don't know if it lasts long term. you got a great point there. And I'm sure if Fangio wants to keep working in the league, he won't be out of work long. Well, I would agree with you no. guys there. And, you know, the one thing that I thought got overblown a little bit by this Miami team was the 70 points they put up against the Denver team that initially looked like they had quit during the early part of the season. And then you saw some of the hiccups they had. Guys, you look at it as a collective. They beat one team over 500. There's a reason we're not talking about them on a conference championship weekend. Mike, the we were talking a little bit about the, of course, Circa Million, Circa Survivor. Is there anything that Circa Sports does moving forward as far as contests for betters? I'm trying to think if I remember anything as we head into, of course, wildcard, divisional, into championship weekend, or is it just straight betting? It's straight betting. You know, we do our squares for Super Bowl. They'll come out uh, on Monday where you can bet, you know, like the traditional board you have at your, your house party or in a restaurant where you... You get to pick the numbers, though, and there's a price associated with it for the first quarter, halftime, third quarter, and final score. Those grow in popularity every year, and obviously our prop uh, offerings and book will continue to grow. Um, you're looking forward to, to next year with the Survivor and, uh, and, and the Millions. I'm sure we'll stick with the $6 because we haven't got there yet for the Millions guarantee. Survivor, I don't know. It seemed natural to go to 10, yeah. right? We were at 9.2. 
this year. Hopefully it'll grow to 10. I know some have suggested 12. The other big question is going to be, what are we going to do to create the 20 weeks? Derek likes the 20 weeks. The NFL came out before Christmas, said they had no interest in playing on Tuesday, Wednesday. With the leap year, that's what Christmas Eve, Christmas Day moves to. Although the ratings were so spectacular on that Monday, Christmas Day, I wonder if they'll reconsider. If they don't, somehow we're going to have to find a three or four game pocket to create that extra week. But other than that, I think it'll be pretty straightforward. Yeah, the biggest relief came from Silver in the NBA now. At least they'll be able to get a few viewership for that. Uh, in terms of these contests, we were talking a little bit off air. You said people were hedging and things like that. How do you guys afford people the opportunity to be able to hedge? Are they getting a line of credit, or, or is that each individual, depending on how much money they can come up with on them, uh, for themselves? No, we do offer lines of credit, and you still have to qualify for credit, but we do consider the equity you have in your ticket as part of your ability to repay. So we're pretty generous when it comes to giving out credit for those people that want to monetize or, or hedge their positions. Okay. The Stevens family, when they returned from Detroit, yeah. how was the mood? I was trying to tell the boys earlier, Mike, it's almost like, listen, the Stafford angle wildcard Sunday was very intense. However, just the fact that Tampa was not necessarily a great team, it just, there was a lot of pressure in Ford Field last week. And coming away with the win was huge. I wonder, we saw the Stevens family took a private jet to Michigan. They did. Uh, obviously, they took a whole crew. They, uh, they, they bought out that uh, bar next to Old Tiger Stadium uh, and partied. They got there at 7 a.m. They left here at 1 a.m., uh, got there, whatever, 7.30, 8 o'clock, and then went over to the stadium. They bought a suite. He is going to San Francisco. He's taking another group to San Francisco for the NFC Championship game. We're doing a promotion Friday and Saturday night. Um, you show up at Overhang Bar at Circa on the second level with either 49er or, or Lion Gear on. You get a ticket into a drawing. Um, also, you get a ticket for every $100 wagered on props on the, the two championship games this weekend. One qualifier prop has to be minus 200 or less. Can't be a minus 540 prop that you're, you're stocking up the tickets on. And then we're going to do a drawing, and the drawing is two tickets to the NFC Championship game and a trip to San Francisco with, uh, with Derek on Sunday morning. So uh, if, if you're around the area, come down and, and spend it with us. you got a chance to go to the so NFC Championship You have to game. have Lions and, uh, or 49ers gear. Correct. Now, does it have to be Th authentic from Fanatics, or can I make my own wristbands? Go Lions? I don't think that uh, the fashion <laughs> panel will be too... Uh, will well, be. I've seen some of the people. I don't know if those fashionistas have the right. Well, you've got a Lids in Circa. Go to Lids, buy a yeah. Lions hat, you keep seen the how receipt. They charge? No, no, keep the receipt, enter the contest, and then return, and it? Then return the hat. <laughs> Dustin, of the four of us, you are the one that goes the hardest as far as having fun with life. Yeah. But even the, the Stevens itinerary must even exhaust you. Like, think about it. They just were in Detroit. They're now they're flying to San Francisco. Like, could you hang? Because I'm exhausted. No, I would need performance it. enhancers for sure. And I would definitely need an IV bag at some point. Like, maybe on the plane, have a doctor fly with us with an IV to keep me hydrated. Well, the, the question for Amal is not a hypothetical. He went to a Michigan-Ohio State game with Derek a few years ago. And after the game, at the bar after the game, actually <laughs> fell asleep famously. <laughs> it's a tough schedule to keep. I, I mean, we, were literally, we were in a bar. Sober. Yeah, that's true, too. At about four. 4.30 in the afternoon watching the Iron Bowl, and I'm telling you, it was loud as hell in there. I was in a coma. I mean, there's a video of it that Derek's daughter took. She asked me, do you mind if I post it on social? I said, no, go right ahead. I mean, I was just dead out. That, well, Ann Arbor will do that to you. <laughs> the, the two games this weekend, how'd we open? Where are we sitting? What's the movement there over at Circa? Yeah, we opened seven, uh, and then, uh, you know, we've seen some Lions money at seven. Not a lot of people were really interested in laying the seven too much. We actually, the Lions were, uh, were a juiced seven for a time. Um, we opened three and a half on the Ravens. I know Johnny Avello, when I was on with him with Brent Sunday morning, said that no matter if the Bills or Chiefs won, he was going to open the Ravens three, which they did. We opened them three and a half. I think they went to three and a half. I don't know if it gets to four. Um, I think three and a half is the right number on that game, and probably seven is the right number on the NFC Championship game as well. Patrick brought up a great point earlier. So some of the shops have gone to four. Yeah. Uh, he said if it gets to four and a half in one second, it, it'll it, – actually, I, that was on the Lions game, but we would be surprised if it got to four and a half. Are you surprised by this move in favor of Baltimore? No, I don't think so. 
Um, I think the Ravens, when you look at the Ravens, number one scoring defense, number six overall defense. You've got a versatile offense. They got healthy. I, uh, you know, we get into some of this stuff in the debates if, if Patrick touches on it. I don't really think so. Um, Buffalo had their chances in that game. Yeah. I mean, that they've got nobody to blame but themselves. You got, you know, first and ten at the 28-yard line, down by three with two and a half minutes to go. What else do you want? I mean, the game's right there in your hands. We, you know, McCauley Hardman fumbles that ball at the one, really opened the opened the game up for him, and they couldn't take advantage of it. My assumption is you guys got killed with the Lions. You know, I, again, for some books, that missed two point. Hurt them, could have been a push. But what happened with Kansas City at Buffalo there at Circa? We did not want six. Six was the worst number for us, so we okay. wanted to miss two. Um, we lost a little, but but Patrick, the, the future results to the Lions are so good. The future results are the best to the Lions winning NFC, winning Super Bowl. And, and as Derek said, I'll take the loss. I want my team in the championship game. We did very, very well on the Chiefs game. People laid the two and a half. You know, we touched three for a few minutes twice during the week, but it was mostly Bill's money. The only thing we got hurt with was some people, um, some people teased the Lions down and the Chiefs up on Sunday. A few of those came in. But uh, overall, it was a decent day for us. Do you guys feel that all four of these teams legitimately could win this thing? Like, if the Lions won it, I don't look no. at it as being a surprise. I don't think there's any overwhelming favorite, and I don't think there's any underwhelming underdog here. I don't think the Lions can beat Baltimore. We saw the game earlier in the year. The teams aren't any different than they were then. It's the most dominant half of football I've seen all year, what they did to the Lions in the first half in Baltimore. I don't think that's the one combination. I don't think I think the Lions could win Sunday. I don't think they can beat the Ravens if that's their opponent. What do you think? Nine and a half out of ten tease tickets are going to be Kansas City up and San Francisco down? Yes. Maybe more. Yeah. Maybe more yeah. than nine and a half out of ten. <laughs> ten out of ten. <laughs> That is, yeah, my assumption is that's what they're going to do. I, I don't know about you, Mike. I wasn't overly impressed with Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers against Green Bay. I thought they were lost when Debo went out. They looked lost. I thought that was not a good game for either head coach. Uh, I thought Lafleur got too conservative. I don't know why he didn't use his timeouts on yeah. defense there to give his team a chance. I thought Shanahan got lost. I don't know why he played this into the first half so conservative. I thought both of them played afraid and played not to lose in that game. Well, that's been an M.O. for Shanahan. We saw it in the yeah. Super Bowl against the Chiefs, you know, just the decision-making towards the end of the half. And I thought John Middlecoff mentioned it well, Patrick, last segment. There's a certain amount of lack of trust in Brock Purdy because, to me, otherwise you're not doing that with that offense. Yeah, Dustin said it well as far as Lafleur as well. 20-20, to 20, he was fine, but red zone, he just freaked out. That was, he just didn't, it was odd play calling once he got down to the red zone. Okay, we're getting down to the red zone, or green zone, as Tom Coughlin would call it. It's called Palm versus the Prince. Now, we had a split last week, okay? The boys split, but I think as Mike Palm will tell you, he's up for the long run in five, Palm versus the Prince. Five wins, two losses, three draws. Five, two, and three. Yeah. Have you seen the questions in advance this week? I did, and there's a few that are uh, A+. Plus. Okay. Okay, make sure. I hope I get to all of them. We're coming back. Palm versus the Prince. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back. And joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. 
Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, Omaha Steaks, you're going to fall in love first bite with the tender steaks, juicy burgers, air-chilled chicken, and more. You're going to love every bite. It's Omaha Steaks guarantee. And for a limited time, when you get Omaha Steaks, when you go to omahasteaks.com slash vsin, V-S-I-N, you're going to get four free air-chilled, potentless chicken breasts and four free juicy, boneless pork chops with your order. Minimum purchase may apply. It's omahasteaks.com slash vsin. Okay, no time to waste. 30-second shot clock. Palm won the coin toss in the back. 30 seconds, Palm versus the Prince. Here we go. Where does this Sunday, we're going number one, boys, where does this Sunday rank among the best days of watching sports, Mike? I rank it third. I have NCAA tournament opening day that Thursday as my favorite day. I still hang on to January 1st because of the bowls and maybe it used to be the and all that, the bowl games and the Rose Bowl. And then I put it third championship Sunday. I rank opening day of baseball fourth and final four Saturday fifth. I don't even have it in the top 10. I look at the two divisional rounds, the, the playoffs, the, obviously, and then the f- opening weekend of the NFL, the final game of the regular season weekend because you have so much at stake. Mike mentioned the NCAA tournament weekend. To me, the, those four days are unbelievable, and then the regional round is fantastic as well. I, nobody loves the conference tournament more. If you're a better, there's nothing better in college basketball and betting in general if you're a college basketball better than conference tournaments. So for me, it's way down on the list. We just have two games, and here's the problem, guys. We could wind up with bad games. Okay, Amal Shaw, you're up first. We're going to mix it up early. Make the case for one Baseball Hall of Fame snub. It's one and only Barry Lamar Bonds, the greatest player I've ever seen in my lifetime. This guy was seeing one pitch a week and depositing it. All-time home runs leader. This guy had a season of more than 200 walks. Led Major League Baseball with walks 10 times in his career. He was just the best baseball player I've ever seen. To not have the greatest baseball player of all time who played in a steroid era where pitchers were on juice is criminal. Well, no one's going to disagree with Barry Bonds. But let's go to somebody this year that didn't get enough of the vote. Mark Burley. Fourth year on the ballot. He's gone up every year. 214 and 160. The first 14 years of his career, Patrick, he pitched 200-plus innings. There's only been seven people to do that. He's the only one not in the Hall of Fame. All right. From 2001 to 2014, he threw 230, 243 and a third more innings than any other pitcher in baseball. The next closest. He pitched a whole additional season. Five-time All-Star, four-time Gold Glove, only Six people have thrown a perfect game and a no-hitter. He's one of them. The other five are in the Hall of Fame. Okay. Who needs to change Mike Palm, their head coach, more immediately? That being the Bills or the Eagles? I'm going to say the Eagles because this was a total disintegration, uh, what happened at the end of this season. Both coordinators are going to be gone. Understand what Sirianni's record is, and he made it to a Super Bowl. But where's the leadership in that organization? I mean – now we look back and we say the great job by Shane Steichen and, and the defensive coordinator is what got them there. I think this organization lacks leadership at that position. They have Howie Roseman out there who will do everything. I thought McDermott had this team playing till the end. They just weren't good enough. Sean McDermott for me easily, and there's one statistic I would point to. The Kansas City Chiefs had five third-down conversion attempts in that game. This is a defensive-minded head coach. This team defensively, I get that they've had some injuries, but this team was nowhere close to stopping the Kansas City Chiefs in that game. You had everything in your favor. You're at home. You finally get Mahomes in a situation. And then go back to the decisions he's made in the past against Kansas City. Not squibbing the ball in that kickoff late in the game at Arrowhead Stadium. It's an easy one for me. you got to move on from Sean McDermott because this is a job that is coveted if you get the right coach. 
Amal Shaw, this weekend, Championship Sunday, what will be the worst unit, offense or defense, on the field this weekend? Yeah, it's going to be the uh, Detroit Lions pass defense. They've given up 676 yards passing in the two postseason games against Baker Mayfield and Matthew Stafford. This is the one area of concern you have. Weather's going to be dry in Santa Clara. I think Brock Purdy, Brandon Ayuk, uh, Christian McCaffrey, and George Kittle have a huge day. The Lions pass defense in particular, but the Lions defense overall. Yeah, 19th overall, bottom five in pass defense. I agree with them all. Okay. Conversely, Mike Palm, the best unit on the field this weekend. I think it's going to be the Ravens' defense, actually. Uh, sixth overall yards per game and number one in scoring defense. Held the Texans to three points. Remember, that was a punt return touchdown. Never let them inside the red zone. This team is healthy. This team will be intimidating in Baltimore in that environment. You're going to force the Kansas City receivers and Mahomes to make plays, and I'm not sure they can do that. I agree with Mike. It's the Baltimore Ravens defense. Forget the postseason of how they dominated the Houston Texans. Think back to the regular season. They give up 19 points to a Miami Dolphins team we talked about during the commercial break. They scored 70 against Denver this year. They give up 19 points in a dominating performance on the road in Santa Clara against a team that they could potentially face in the Super Bowl. And remember, seven of those points were garbage score points in the fourth quarter there. What TV show, Amal Shaw, is the most rewatchable in history? It's only one answer, and it's one word, Seinfeld. Mike? I think it's Cheers. I think I could watch Cheers over and over and over and over again. And there's always some great storylines and character development. Seinfeld is a show about nothing. It's the comic book equivalent of Peanuts. <laughs> All right. Uh, Mike Palm, we'll yeah. keep mixing it up. All right. Who would you cast as the next James Bond? Henry Golding. Does everybody know who Henry Golding in was the lead male actor in Crazy Rich Asians? I think he's got enough of that suave, urbane, debonair. And he's played in some action films as well. And let's face it, 60% of the people in this world live in Asia. Let's start appealing to wider audiences. I, I would go... <laughs> <laughs> that was a great answer. You can't rebut that, Amal. I can't. You I'm going to go with Idris Elba. <laughs> Let, let's, go, let's appeal... Too old! Let's appeal to the rest of the globe as well and go with Idris more of a name out there. Let's go with uh, Idris Elba. By the way, since he wanted to get the Asian population, I want to take in the African population of 1.4 billion. Let's make some money there. Idris Elba is older than Roger Moore. Let's move on. Amal, <laughs> um, yeah. who has the bigger home field advantage this week at Baltimore or San Francisco? I believe it's the Ravens. The 49ers, Santa Clara, that's a wine and cheese type of crowd. Now, you might get shanked on your way to the bathroom, but overall, I'm going with the ball. Baltimore Ravens. This means more. But guys, they haven't had an AFC championship game at home since 1970. Yeah. You talk about a void. First time in four, 53 years that they have a home championship game there. I like the Baltimore Ravens having the bigger home field advantage. I had wine and cheese written here. I agree with them all. It's Baltimore. It's like playing in an inner city basketball game in Detroit. Okay. <laughs> uh, next up, this is from Mike Palm. Ooh. Who would you, excuse me, who is your favorite WWE wrestler of all time and why? Well, I'll tell you, I loved Bobby Heenan as a manager, so I had to pick someone from the Heenan stand. I'll go with somebody who was a multiple champion over decades and decades. Great characters he played, handsome as well as the king. It's Harley Race. Ooh. The king, <laughs> Harley Race. I got to Google this I'm one. Gonna, oh, I'm going to go with the man. Never heard of him. Oh, I'm going to go God. with the man at the Pontiac Silverdome oh, my God. that elevated the WWE, and that is one Hulk Hogan when he body slammed Andre the Giant. Hulkamania, baby. <laughs> I can't remember anything else from him. I'm going to say, Amal, Amal might be making a comeback here. Yeah. Just. Oh, would you okay. stop with the Idris Elba? Come on. <laughs> Who, okay, who is the most, Amal, who is the most underrated impact player that you think deserves more love playing on Sunday? Amon Ross St. Brown, it's not even close. He's the best receiver out of all four teams playing. He is a guy that's had a phenomenal year, 1,515 yards receiving. He is Jared Goff's go-to guy. He's got hands like vice grips. This guy has been sensational. You look around the rest of the receiving core. OBJ was once great. Brandon Ayuk is good. Amon Ross St. Brown is an all-pro. The one thing that we know about this weekend, Patrick, and I sense now you think Amal's making a run. So he, the he one is, thing actually. we know, that they need to run the football, the Detroit Lions. Of the four teams, the one thing we know, they have to run the football. Frank Ragnow is the most important player this weekend <laughs> in establishing the run game for the Lions. If they don't have the run game, there's no play action for Goff, and it'll be as bad as he was in the Super Bowl. 
Is this the tie break? What sports moment would make you cry, Mike Palm, if you watched it right now? September 26, 2016. The day earlier, Jose Fernandez's body is found in Miami, killed in the boat crash. They, they don't play that day against Atlanta. They play the next game against the Mets. Our guy, D. Gordon, leads off and takes the Bartolo Colon heater deep, him rounding the bases, his teammates coming out, all the uniforms on the field. I cry every time I watch it. For me, it'd be Jackie Robinson breaking the color barrier. I think just when you look at the incorporation of everybody into the world of sports, it's now what it is today, and it makes it so competitive. You have so many great players that didn't get to play against each other. That takes away from some of their greatness. So for me, it would be Jackie Robinson uh, crossing the color barrier in baseball. Palm versus the Prince, Dustin Sweetelson. I'm going to tell you right now, I had it 5-5 going into the cry question. Little too basic with Jackie. I had to go Palm 6-5. Was it, it wasn't personal enough. You had a shot them all on my card to tie it up there. I had it 4-4 uh, four, yeah, four, four at that point. This guy can't even count. You had a 5-5. Five, five. He doesn't even have the right no, number. No, I had it 4-4. Yes, Absolutely. You made it. It was like it was like pepperoni pizza and sausage pizza. It was the same. It, I didn't get enough of Maul in my answer. I don't, the Jackie I think, Robinson, he cried when he got called up mid-season? You weren't alone. Where's the video to watch it? Where's the video to watch it? Where's the video to watch it? He said, why he got called up? My guy, there's barely the only reason the Marlins were as good is one of the best bets of all time. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's one of the best bets of all time. Mike Palm wins on my card 5-4. I think Frank Ragno and Henry Golding were, were two of the best answers anyone's had in this contest. Henry Golding's in witness protection. Mark no, I wrote down answer. Mark Burley and I said 60% Asian. Those are the two things Thank I wrote you. down. Thank also, my, uh, Amal, were you affected when Grover Cleveland went to the White House for the second time as well? I, I was actually. Being from Ohio, I like the fact that he went back to back eventually. <laughs> two titles there. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, get a VSIN annual subscription for $199 when you use the promo code SHARP, S H A R P. Remember, that's everything daily best bets, betting splits, big game betting guides. It's all there for $199 with the promo code SHARP, slash subscribe. Okay, we got you back here on Sharp Money. So, of course, the first game on Championship Sunday will be Baltimore hosting Kansas City. Right now, that number is sitting Baltimore minus three and a half. Some shops showing four. To discuss that, Bo Smolka is going to join us. Press box, Ravens beat writer, at B Smolka on Twitter. And I believe Bo, first off, thank you, Bo. And I believe Bo was just leaving the open um, press conference there or availability with Mr. Harbaugh at Ravens facility. And I, can I start here? Do we know the best weather forecast for Sunday, Bo? Hi, thanks for having me. The last we saw of the weather on Sunday, uh, temperature is supposed to be about in the maybe 40s, and it's supposed to rain in the morning, but maybe not by afternoon. I think it might be kind of damp, clammy, but it's not going to be freezing, and it's not going to be snowing. So that's the latest. It should be on the warm side for January and may or may not be dry. Oh, can you give us an update on injuries, uh, Marlon Humphrey, Mark Andrews, what your potential expectation and what they've said so far about these two participating on Sunday? Yeah, they're, they're, Harbaugh tends to play at coy, and he did again when we asked him on Monday. He said, we'll just have to wait and see. Andrews practiced all last week, and quite honestly, I thought he might play against Houston, and he did not. Uh, we saw him out on the practice field again today. He's moving well. I personally think he's going to play this Sunday. I, I don't want to be the guy that has to tell Mark Andrews you're not playing in the AFC Championship game. But um, he's moving pretty well. And I think if he does play, they will ration him. I mean, let's face it. Isaiah likely has been terrific since Mark Andrews went out. I think we could see a case where likely is still the primary tight end and Andrews is on the field for – third and five down near the goal line situations like that. And they kind of caution or they pitch count Mark Andrews, if you will. Humphrey is a little trickier because he hadn't practiced in three weeks until today. He was on the field. Um, he, he moved pretty well, quite honestly here. He had a calf injury against Miami and he hasn't practiced since he was out there today. John Harbaugh told us Monday, well, well if you see him in practice this week, we, you should get a good idea. I, I think he's certainly going to try to play as well, but Andrews is the one that I think is more likely to play. 
Bo Smolka joining us, talking Ravens, was just there at the Open Conference. The uh, I think I saw Lamar say, Bo, uh, he doesn't like taking on Patrick Mahomes. You wrote about the matchups in the past. Uh, can you give us an idea of what the rest of the Ravens had to say about Mahomes and the Chiefs coming to town Sunday? Yeah, you know, Lamar Jackson always wants to say, look, it's not me against Mahomes. I don't play against Mahomes. I play against their defense. And he's right. The fact is they've played four times. They've been paired up head-to-head. And Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs have won three of them. And there have been some great games. Jackson's rookie year, Mahomes had to make an absolute prayer pass to Tyreek Hill on fourth down to keep the drive alive. And then the Chiefs won in overtime. They beat him the next two years. And at one point, Lamar Jackson said the Chiefs were his kryptonite. Um, and then the last time they played, Jackson got ran for two touchdowns in the fourth quarter, and, and, and the Ravens beat the Chiefs. Um, if you talk to the Ravens, they all say Patrick Mahomes is kind of he's a one-of-one one kind of guy. He's just a magician with the ball in his hands. They have to be aware of everything he can do. Um, so it is, it's a great matchup. I mean, it's a great matchup of two transcendent cornerbacks. Um, but I think that the, 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 the Ravens defenders, like Roquan Smith was talking today, this will be his first time playing against uh, Patrick Mahomes. And he said, look, he is an elite player. We know he's an elite player, but we're an elite defense. And we'll just we'll, – we'll, let's, let's go and see what happens. So they're, they really – defensively, they really embrace the challenge of it. Bo, you mentioned Roquan Smith, and my question is in particular to him. They gave up a second and a fifth round pick to get him in 2023, even though the trade occurred in 2022. Has there been any player who's more underappreciated, who's been two consecutive first-team All-Pros, four-time All-Pro in his career, than Roquan Smith and how much he's added to this defense? I mean, John Harbaugh about a month ago, or right around the trade deadline, we were talking about trades this year, and he thinks it's maybe the greatest trade in the history of the organization. Now, another one you could argue would be the night they swung the pick to get Lamar Jackson in the draft. But in terms of getting a player, um, he said it's got to be one of the great players in the history of the organization, and I think it's true. Today, Lamar Jackson said of Roquan Smith, he said, he brings the Ray Lewis juice for our generation, which I thought was a great way to say it. Um, he's a, Eric DaCosta, the GM, has called him a force multiplier, and he makes everybody better. And that's, that's true. I mean, the, the defense operates off him. Patrick Queen is a much better inside linebacker alongside Smith than he was before that. And the whole defense feeds off Roquan Smith. I mean, I think around here, the thought is, wow, what, a, what a, you know, uh, they view it here as a steal that they got Roquan Smith for what they did. Now there's other factors. He was in the final year of his deal. They would have had, they had to work out an extension with him to make it not a, effectively a rental. They did. They got a deal done with him that December, so he's here for the long haul now. And I just thought Lamar Jackson's quote today about him being the juice of Ray Lewis for the new generation was so telling because that's how they view him in that locker room, and that's, he exudes that energy. Bo, specifically, what does Todd Munkin's offense do that could be the difference against this very good Kansas City defense? It's a great question. Um, they mix and they match, and the funny thing is, you know, when, when the, the, the perception was when he came here and Greg Roman was gone and Todd Munkin came in and they brought in Odell Beckham and they brought in Aguilar and they drafted Zay Flowers, they're going to chuck the ball all over the field. This is going to look totally different. And in the end, it doesn't look totally different. They still run the ball really well. They mix the run and the pass a lot. Lamar Jackson is going to run the ball. He had 100 yards against Houston. Um, he's creative. Todd Munkin is really creative with, what, with the way they mix things up. And I go back to the play. on They had a fourth down play this past week against uh, Houston. Patrick Card, the big fullback, comes in motion, powers in behind Kevin Zeitler, the guard. Gus Edwards goes right up the middle. Remember, this is fourth and one. So, of course, Houston piles in on the run, and Lamar Jackson keeps it and goes on a naked boot to the left side and gets like 15 yards. So Lamar, uh, Todd Munkin's not afraid to mix it up. Their passing game, they don't go deep as much as I think we all thought they would this year. He take, Lamar Jackson takes a shot or two a game. Uh, but he's still most effective between like 10 and 15 yards. And against Houston, I think he only threw for about 159 yards. He does this, Jackson does not have to throw for 300, 350 yards for this team to win. And, in fact, they're probably better if he's under 200 yards because then that means – they're running well, 
and he's throwing the little short hitches that work well. Guys like Isaiah Likely and Zay Flowers are really good at making yardage after the catch. That's a big difference this year than last year, the way these guys make yardage after the catch. So all those things are, are the ways they're going to try to, you know, stay a step ahead of the Chiefs. Bo, uh, Kyle Hamilton's been outstanding. How will he match up potentially against Travis Kelsey and this passing game, particularly in the red zone against Kansas City? Yeah, that's one of the, uh, that's one of the matchups I think that's going to be most interesting to watch because, of course, Kyle Hamilton was drafted to be a starting safety, and this year he has played a lot as their, effectively as their six foot four nickelback. He is really physical for, you know, he's six foot four. he's about 220, I think, um, but he's a really physical tackler, and sometimes they have a smaller slot guy like, named Arthur Millette, but ideally in this game, I think we'll see a lot of Kyle Hamilton in the slot on Kelsey. I think where Hamilton Hamilton's strength is how physical he plays. He break he can shed blocks. Uh, we've seen him multiple times this year on one of these like bubble screens. These teams try to set up a bubble screen for a running back or for a receiver who steps back by two steps to catch a ball. And Hamilton will just throw the blocker to the side and make a really good fundamental tackle. So his length is really good in the slot. Um, his instincts are good. Sometimes they'll bring him on a blitz too out of the slot, which can be tricky. Uh, but I think him matching up against Kelsey will be one of the primary or marquee matchups of the day. Bo, we have one minute left. If you could, we'd love a prediction. Yeah, you know, I've gone back and forth on this. And I, around here, so one, the, fear, the fearful fans here say, Mahomes is the winner until he's not. But I, I think this Ravens team, and I'm not a homer by any stretch, the way they have put away good teams week after week after week this year, to me, resonates. And I think they win this game with their defense. Their defense has, has frustrated and physically mauled good team after good team this year. And I think their defense sets the tone. I'm going to pick the Ravens to win, say, 30 to, uh, let's say 30 to 24. I think there will be some points. But the, I don't think you can uh, overestimate how – effectively how effective the Ravens physicality has been on defense. We have seen team after team just look beaten. I go back to the old Roberto Duran, the boxer, no mas, right? That's how we saw the Lions look. That's how the Seahawks look. That's how the Texans look. They all look like that by the end of the game. They just wanted to be off the field. Um, so I have the Ravens winning by, well, I'll say the Ravens win by six. That is a great spot. Bull Smolka, press box. Ravens beat writer at B Smolka on Twitter. Thank you, Bo. Enjoy the football. At Bed 365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar, whether it's a walk off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back. And joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, 
Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, bet $5 to get $200 instantly in bonus bets using the promo code VSIN. That's for new customers. A no sweat, same game parlay for all customers. DraftKings. Download the app. DraftKings, the crown is yours. Mal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson, I'm Patrick Maher. So it is a Wednesday. We've got professional handicapper Scott Sprites are coming up in about 14 minutes. I, I wanted to do this quickly because I know we have sound from Baltimore and Lamar Jackson in particular, John Harbaugh as well. I wanted to bring up to the two of you, Vic Fangio uh, is splitting ways or being let go by the Miami Dolphins. Who knows? Dustin brought up the question, quick, what's the difference between Vic Fangio and Wink Martindale? Not much, but one of them is going to be hired by the Philadelphia Eagles. I can assure you of that. Uh, those two won't be unemployed for very long. It's like Rex Ryan's brother said, I'll be unemployed for like five minutes. Nepo, baby. However, I wanted to bring this up quickly. The Dustin said, and this triggered something in my mind, he was hungover and playing Madden and won a championship, which we give you credit for with the Titans this weekend. So I give you props. Uh, the Quick one rebuild. thing he said, he, he, he had to bench Trey Lance because Trey Lance was overthrowing dudes. Now, we often talk, once we get into this part of the year, we often talk about betting on the draft. I think this is something to keep in mind. Peters is going to be picking two. He's the new general manager for the Washington Commanders. He drafted along with Lynch, Trey Lance. So those that are saying they're going to take Jaden Daniels, that would be a similar player, although obviously Daniels with a ton of college experience. And Drake May would be a little bit different, being more of a pocket presence and a prototypical size type of dude. Now, I also bring it up because I want to say this. I was watching some college basketball last night, and I decided to do some scouting. And again, you can never just analyze a player by watching highlights. So I know that. But I picked the game, and I watched your boy Dre May, Drake May. And I, a lot of it was chopped up, so to be fair, it wasn't in the rhythm of the game. And I think one of the hasslebacks on ESPN, whether it be Tim or donk or whomever said that drake may was the best quarterback prospects in, in the last 15 years that is objectively wrong <laughs> if we go through the quarterback prospects of the last 15 years that's just an asinine thing to say now you can say he's the best prospect in this year's draft you can say you love drake may you can say he's the best prospect, uh, you know prospect over the last couple of years i guess you could get away with that but saying over the last 15 years uh, by my math andrew luck falls into that window <laughs> And there is no freaking way on this planet or any planet that Drake May is a better prospect coming out of college. That is stupid. It's your opinion, and you're certainly allowed to have it, Hasselback. But I'm sorry, I would have to vociferously disagree. Well, first, that brings us to sorry. Go that ahead. brings us one second. That brings us to this. That's one end of the spectrum. Another end of the spectrum, and I can't remember if it was Mark Dominic or just a formal general manager that's been doing it for like 15 years, said that not only is Drake May not the best prospect in 15 years, he's a bigger Mac Jones. You don't want in 2024 to be compared in any way to Mac Jones. Let me say this. If you, God bless you if you draft Drake May at two or three. He is going to go two or three. I wouldn't want to be near that North Carolina product with Dustin's like nothing about his team, his Madden team. Like I want again, I was never impressed watching him. He's got a good arm, not an exceptional arm. His accuracy is spotty. And this is from last night after watching the regular season, his accuracy is spotty. And when he get off schedule, I think he's fine. I don't think he's great. His size is awesome, and his mobility is better than you think. Other than that, I'd take Caleb Williams. I'll take Jaden Daniels. I'll take uh, – what's my man in Washington? Michael Pen Penix. Penix. I'll take Penix, and I will also take – and I know I'm on an, I'm on an island. I'm going to let you go, guys could talk plenty. And I'll also take – I know this is going to – everybody's going to laugh at me. I'll take freaking Bo Nix over the kid. I'm sorry. And then everybody can feel comfortable in their little box because they don't want to be wrong about Drake May. And everybody's kind of group thinking. Have fun with him. 
I think he's going to be basic. I don't disagree with any of what you said. I might take May over Penix. I think Penix still has some accuracy issues when he's not in his comfortable position, just sit back and throw the ball without any pressure. But I'm with you. One of the things that I don't like in scouting guys all of a sudden, somebody goes, oh, this guy's good. And he gets anointed. And it seems like everybody's afraid to have their own opinion or speak out against somebody because in case that person turns into a great player, then they were completely wrong on it. Patrick, to your point, I remember watching a couple of games this year against Clemson, against NC State. Dude, this team was anemic offensively. I just didn't get it. I mean, to me... I look at him against Virginia. They scored 27 points this year. Come on, dude. Everybody was scoring on Virginia. There was nothing that ever stood out. If you didn't sit there and say the scouts anointed Drake May as this top five draft pick, I don't think watching a Carolina game at Keenan Stadium on a Saturday, somebody go, hey, I'm going to tell you right now, guys, people are sleeping on this guy. He's a top five pick. You go, yeah, I could see he's a first round, maybe a second round pick. Nobody's going. If he, Let's put it this way. If he's at Washington, Oregon, or LSU, do those teams have those individual seasons? Uh, nine and three for LSU. Washington comes within a game of winning the national title. Oregon minus Washington had an undefeated season other than that. I mean, he does not elevate those teams the way those three quarterbacks elevated their programs. Dustin, say what you want about me. 45 years old, been analyzing quarterbacks for 37 years. I've never missed on one. Never. <laughs> That's a good track record. I've been there you, for a few of them. I've been there for Deshaun no, no. Watson yelling I, from the missed. rooftops. Never missed. Deshaun, and ironically, another North Carolina quarterback was the debate. And you and I did probably, I don't know, three months worth of shows going, guys, you're all really smart people, including a guy who's interviewing for OC jobs right now, who in Zach Robinson, who we liked on our old show. He's a quarterback coach, pass game coordinator, I think, with the Rams. Him and a bunch of other experts who know film. Kept telling us Mitchell Trubisky over Deshaun Watson over and over again. <laughs> it's, it's one of the, the wildest. Here's, here's what I'm noticing with Drake Maine. It's a lot of similarities with Trubisky. It feels like the quote-unquote draft experts, what they're doing is cherry-picking highlights. So they're taking these amazing moments, these amazing throws, not even factoring the opponent, or the situation, the game, whatever. And they're just going, wow. Can you believe this guy did that? Can you believe this guy made this throw, this run, did this? Here's the reality with Drake May. 2022, he had an awesome year. Absolutely monster. He completely flopped his final season of college. He was so irrelevant. For him to be talked about the way he's being talked about as potentially better than Caleb Williams is one of the craziest things of all time. I'm going to one-up you guys. I'm not high on one of these guys. I like them better. One, Spencer Rattler, who I think yes, will be I a think, pro. I think Spencer Rattler uh, is a better thrower of the football. Yes. Here, here's the other one yes. I'd rather have because I think he's coachable, and I think he reminds me a lot of Brock Purdy in a good way. I know everyone likes to just trash Brock Purdy right now, but he's still like middle-of-the-road NFL quarterback, if not in the top half. I think J.J. McCarthy's better than Drake May. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I got to draw I, the line there. The other thing I would add on uh, when you look at Drake May, he threw it to a receiver by the name of Josh Downs when he had a great year. He lost year. him and he stunk. Well, here's the thing about Josh Downs. <laughs> Josh Downs did not have a drop pass in the entire NFL season this year. Josh the Downs only receiver made, yeah. in the NFL to not have a drop pass. He made Gardner Minshew look legit this year. He might have gotten him upgraded. Yeah. He plays in the ACC and didn't dominate. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. Caleb Williams like would have been what? scoring 50 against those defenses. Oh. Against Virginia? <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> like, he, he had a good game against Virginia, but they lost and he completed 50% of his passes. 50%. Dude, dude, Tony Elliott was going to get fired this year. The only reason they couldn't do it is because those three players tragically passed away. Yeah, that was terrible. Uh, and I'd like to also clarify something I said yesterday. Because I'm not, dude, I don't really care. I'm not the type of guy that's like, oh, you really want that type of personality. Uh, what I said yesterday about Jaden Daniels, I just thought it was, with Penix and Daniels, the juxtaposition, I thought it was alarming when Jaden Daniels went up and he pulled his coat open at the Heisman uh, ceremony and it was pictures of himself. <laughs> Which is odd. Just It's just odd. I don't know how to say it. And then Pettix Jr. opens up and it's all his teammates' names. Like, I'm sorry, there there is something about character. And I, my biggest thing about Daniels, who I love, and I hated him at Arizona State, I worry about outliers. I worry about Brian Kelly coaching him up. I worry about a vacuum. 
it wasn't always consistent with Daniels, so I do worry about outliers. That's all I'm going to say, boys. And I worry about what Amal just brought up with Josh Downs and Drake May. He was throwing to Brian Thomas and Malik Neighbors, who are going to start in the NFL. Neighbors is going to go top ten. Well, I saw a draft that had, and this was criminal to me. I know Neighbors had a great year. I was offended. Marvin? No, I don't mind that one. You cannot put them ahead of Roma Dunze. I'm sorry, dude. Those, I think it's a size yeah, thing. I, I agree. Rome's a, Rome's a big guy. He's 6'3". Adunze is, yeah, come on. Well, <laughs> universal on our boy, Drake May. Drake, If Drake May's family's driving around, they're like, what did, what did Drake do to those guys? <laughs> he's a great human being. We're just he, not sure he's the great quarterback. He looks exactly like Trubisky and Howell. Like he he's looks like he Trubisky. wears a sweater over his button down wrapped around his shoulders. <laughs> Scott Spritzer's next. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.